Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Check Your Brain podcast with me, your host, Tony Mazur. And uh, thank you for subscribing. If you are subscribed to the free version that comes out every Wednesday, it's on wherever you get your finer podcasts, the Apples and the Googles and the Alexas, the iHeartRadios, Spotify's, a couple of places I'm not on, but I, I don't know who else is listening on those apps. Um, but And also, I'm on Patreon, too, so for 5 bucks a month, you can subscribe to my Patreon. Uh, again, it's the cost of a beer. Maybe less than that. If you like beer if you like beer like I like beer, my beers are $7. So for $2 less than that, you can subscribe to my podcast each month, which is uh, the Check Your Brain podcast at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. All right, got my plugs out of the way. Let's go to the plugs that are happening uh, coming up on Monday and you know, with this podcast, I try to not do a lot of local things that are going on. If there's a somebody who's in town, I like to bring them on board, and they can promote a gig and everything. But this is near and dear to my heart, obviously to his, because he's been putting it together for now 10 years. And it's the Suicide Prevention Fundraiser going on over at the Funny Stop in Cuyahoga Falls. And it's my good friend. Uh, he's a comedian. He's an actor. He's a uh, he's doing his own podcast, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and and also softball teammate, too, and that's Sean Boyd. Sean, good to have you. What's going on, man? How you been, Tony? I, I've been good. I've been good. It's uh, normally, we're actually seeing each other not in, you know, loud outfits for softball, <laughs> or, or you're umpiring or something. That is true. Very true. You know, Very we were true. talking about it off the air about how, with playing softball for the last couple of years and how things got shut down last year, it made me really appreciate it, because mm-hmm. those times where... You're sitting at home. You got to drive 35, 40 minutes to softball, and then uh, and you're looking at the weather. You're like, do I really want to? Do I really want to play today? Right. Is this is this something I really want to do? It's like ah, got to get. And then last year when things got shut down for for basically the first two three we months of when we would play, to play I couldn't wait. softball. I stayed at the fields until they shut the lights off. I'm drinking white claw. <laughs> I, I wasn't parking. doing all that. <laughs> I just, but it was like for my mental health. Right. Yeah. One thing that kind of what we're, I'm going to segue into in talking about the fundraiser is Mm -hmm. the mental health of what has been going on and how it's not necessarily just a a suicide fundraiser because there's a lot that goes into Mm -hmm. when people eventually decide to commit suicide. It's not something that they just thought of that morning and they do it. This has been years ongoing and. You know, whether it's people are unemployed, people are hooked on uh, substances and, uh, you know, whatever the case is, they're going through uh, marital problems or family problems or something. And this all kind of leads into it. And I wanted to ask you first, uh, when putting together this fundraiser, and you know the person that this was based around at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and it's blossomed for, you know, this last decade. And, (sighs) you know, talk about the beginning of putting it together. If, right. You know, and I and I know you get emotional when you talk yeah. about it, especially um, yeah. on stage. But talk oh, about yeah, the definitely. impetus and how you were able to put it together. Um, it's funny that you say a decade, man, because like I was looking at the flyer today and it say ten year anniversary, and I'm like, and then I didn't think about it as a decade. It's like ten years, you know, but it's an actual decade. It's it's crazy that um, it's come this far, and I've stuck with it. I mean, I made a promise a long time ago I would do this every year even if you know when i make it big or if i'm in la or whatever i would come back and make sure i did this fundraiser so um it started 10 years ago a friend of mine um jen slow um took her own life and i mean it it was rough man you know me being from cleveland i'm Mm -hmm. unfortunately used to you know people getting murdered 
which you shouldn't be used to, but I grew up, you know, in Cleveland and have ties to Cleveland my whole life. So I knew people who were murdered and it was hard, you know, dealing with that. Um, but this one just took me aback because I didn't know how to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she was a real close friend to us. So um, I was like, what can I do to, you know, honor her name and try to, you know, keep her legacy going? So I was like, let's do a suicide prevention fundraiser. So like the first year we did it, it was like all about her. You know, I did some research on suicide and prevention and everything like that. And but after that first year and doing more research, I found out that it was so many other people that has have, you know, taken their own life and people that had people in their life, you know, commit suicide where we're survivors of that person. So it wasn't just about her anymore. It was about the whole concept of trying to prevent it from anybody that I know or came across or anybody that knew me or somebody that knew somebody that knew me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So um, just putting it together, um, I try not to let it be a headache because, uh, you know, putting together a show, especially a fundraiser, it can get, you know, pretty nerve-wracking. But um, maybe about three years ago, I stopped letting it kind of consume me because it was like, I got to get people in the seats. I got to get people in the seats. I got to raise money. I got to, you know, raise this much You're money. talking to the sponsors and getting things yes. ready for the raffle. Yeah. And, and you're calling, you're cold calling a lot of places saying, hey, we got a fundraiser going on. Yep. Uh, would you be able to donate a $25 gift card? And it's, it is, it does get to be a pain. And mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of places that are helpful with it. But yeah, it, it, it you know, you start planning this months in advance. This yes. isn't just like, hey, in a couple of weeks we got this event. It's like, no, 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 you're already thinking about this in summer, mm -hmm. and it's the thing's happening November 8th. Right, yeah, and um, just getting that going and starting month earlier and a month earlier than the last time and a month earlier than that, um, like you said, I was thinking about this during summertime and uh, putting the bug out, uh, you know, putting the buzz out, but a lot of the – cold calling i mean i would go face to face I, I mean i was a salesman so you know sales is nothing to me so yeah. going to a business owner and asking for the general manager is nothing to me at all like owner or general manager and talking to them and giving them a flyer and be like hey i do this fundraiser all proceeds go to the american foundation of suicide prevention would you be willing to help and they will always be like well do you want monetary i'm like no i do not want money i want like a gift certificate gift basket gift cards, something I can raffle off so we can actually raise more awareness. Plus, you doing that, they're going to come back to your establishment. And just because they got a gift card, nine times out of ten, they're going to come and spend regular money besides that gift card or gift certificate that you donated to the fundraiser. So I think I've been doing uh, – so it's it's a comedy show, too, because yes. it starts off with a lot more entertainment, as we'll talk about in a little bit, how it's kind of grown from just being a regular comedy show to the comedy's – part of the action yes uh but putting it together in the last you know and i've been a part of about seven of them and i've watched how this has grown over mm -hmm. time and i uh, you know talk about the response you've gotten from people that have gone to these events because again you're going to a comedy show and one thing the people who are in that uh, in that, that audience that are there for a comedy show but it's also a suicide fundraiser is you're right. some people deal with trauma they deal with strife differently mm -hmm. and 
I'm one of those guys that when I've gone through problems in my life, I find the humor in things. Right. Now, this may not be a show for everybody that there might be exactly. jokes that you know might go over the line. Trust me, I've said quite a few of them on that stage, <laughs> regardless of that, uh, that uh, fundraiser or not. But right. it, some people cope with through humor. And right. I think a lot of people who have gone out there, and especially since it's at the Funny Stop Comedy Club, mm-hmm. you kind of just go, look. I'm just going to let it let it loose tonight and we're just going to have a good time. And this is how some people cope. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, the one rule I have for comics is no suicide jokes. Yes. And I, I, we, we, we happen to know one of them who can't. <laughs> right. But the crazy part about it is like at four minute, I would never like actually say, hey. You know, because I do a you know a comic meeting at the you know before we start yeah. the show, so everybody knows where they're going. And you're going. not a censor either. You're no. not you're not going to tell people no. and dictate what they can can and cannot say. But read the room. Right. You can say anything you want. You can do any joke. You can do whatever you do. You know, just be funny. Um, but the one year, um, a female told a suicide joke, and I'm like, um, you do know it's a suicide prevention fundraiser, correct? Like, and she was like, oh, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And then my thing to her was like, well, do you think the joke was funny? And she was like, yeah. I said, but did the audience laugh at it? She said, no. So evidently it wasn't funny at all. Mm-hmm. So. You just got to know what you do. So after that, I started saying no suicide jokes. A good friend of mine that was, yeah. you know, started a little bit before me. I, ca- I consider him family. You know, I beat somebody up over him. I, I don't know if we can cuss on your podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go all right. It. You know, I fuck somebody up over him. You know, a uh, good friend near and dear to my heart. Um, I did the, you know, the thing. Hey, no suicide jokes. He did a fucking suicide joke. And... <laughs> I think it was about him, you know, donating sperm because she wanted to have a kid, but she was a lesbian, but he had had sex with her before. So he wanted to do it regular. And it was just it it didn't it like I know he was like, you know, I know his joke. And it's actually in different circumstances. It's kind of funny in different circumstances. Yes. Like, are you going to be at a bulimic uh, awareness place and talk about getting fat? I mean, it's like, what the fuck? Read the room. You got to read the room. And he did the joke. And I was like, dude, come on. Why would you do that? So I've been stressing, hey, no suicide jokes. Even if it's funny, just no suicide jokes, yeah. period. I don't care what else you say, but just no suicide jokes. Just be funny. Have some fun with it, you know, so. Yeah. So, it, I mean, and by the way, it's, it's November 8th. It's a Monday. It's a Monday night. You ain't got nothing going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's on Monday night football, but you can skip it for the night. Yeah. 7 o'clock, the doors. Uh, the show begins at 730. What's yep. all going into it? Like, uh, is Adonis, your son, performing? Uh, no, he is not performing this year. Um, <clears throat> what we're going to do is because it is being sponsored by the podcast that I host, um, Just Therapy. So we're going to do um, most likely two segments. And that will take, of course, a half an hour easily because our podcast, sometimes we, you know, we get to talking, Mm. you know, we got two talkers, well, three talkers on the show. So um, it's always a good time and getting to have some fun and just getting it out. That's why it's called Just Therapy. It's called, you know, it's life with a comedy twist. So, um, so, you know, doors open at seven. We're probably going to open them a little bit before seven, um, get the raffle table set up and start selling the raffle tickets and things like that. Plus, you can still buy raffle tickets while we're doing the Just Therapy segment because we go live every Monday um, from 7 to 10 o'clock 
on uh, Redline Radio LLC on YouTube and Facebook, or you can just go to the uh, Just Therapy, the podcast page on Facebook, and it'll be a link there to watch it live, and you can interact with us. That's one thing I do like about doing the Facebook Live, because we get the comments coming in, and some people, you know, make jokes on there or say something crazy, and we can talk about that, and it's just, you know, a good interaction, because they can interact with us still. So we're going to do that um, at the beginning. Um, we'll probably do... Uh, a segment that we made up called Flowers While They're Still Here because we're so conditioned to give flowers while they're dead and gone mm. at funerals. We want to give people flowers while they're still here where they can still smell it, you know. And then we got another segment called Crazy Funny Fucked Up News where it's some it, it's literally self-explanatory. Yes. Where <laughs> I read a story and it's crazy funny fucked up And you riff on news, it and we, Yeah, we riff on it. it and. You know, so it's going to be a good time. Um, and that's also why I wanted to have you on to do my podcast as long as, as well as doing the radio is that yeah. if you're not in Northeast Ohio, you can still check out the show. You can still check out and the show. And is there, by the way, is there a way people can donate or is there is it the just the main suicide prevention? So it's two ways to donate. You can donate directly to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That is AFSP. Dot org, or you can donate through my cash app, which is SB Comedy One, all one word. You can donate there, or straight to the um, straight to the uh, foundation. Uh, if you do n- donate through Cash App, we're able to count all you know all the donations together and add that to the you know the grand total of what we have that night. Mm. Um, last year was our first year doing on it doing it on, on Zoom. Because, you know, with COVID and everything, yep. I almost canceled it and didn't have it. But we went ahead and did it anyway. I was glad you guys did it. I, I, I was, too. So, you know, everybody was masked up, you know, yeah. uh, distance and everything. We had about 50 people, which is was a good turnout for what was going on. It you was know. spread apart. Not, yeah. Nowadays, it doesn't need to be, and especially right. especially in the club there. I mean, you know, I think COVID's the last thing you're going to get at the funny stop. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd be surprised, but that is the last thing you'll get at the funny stop right now. So, you know. You since, go to the Red Fox and get some syphilis. Yeah, you definitely get some herpes or something. <laughs> I'm messing with the wrong one. But uh, we did it on Zoom last year, which, you know, we had about five people, you know, chime in to Zoom. So that was cool for them to be able to watch it. Um, this year is going to be a little easier to watch it if you're not in Ohio. Um, you can, like I said, go to Redline Radio LLC on YouTube or Facebook, and it'll be live streamed um, there. Or you can, like I said, go to Just Therapy, the podcast page, like and subscribe to that page. And it's also going to be posted there where you can actually watch the whole event live. And, of course, if you're watching live, I'm going to ask – you know, for donations, you know, either through the foundation or through the cash app. And I mean, if you do through the um, foundation, I mean, I'm going to ask, you know, because I, I, I am who I am. I'm going to be like, you know, screenshot that receipt because they, give you, they yeah. give you a receipt right away. Like, thanks for donating. You know, show me that. And, you know, we good to go because it is a $10 donation at the door to get in. It's not like a ticket price or anything. And uh, again, all proceeds go to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I do read names that I've compiled over the last 10 years of people, unfortunately, who um, took their own life. So we celebrate being survivors of them and we read the names and I give information about the foundation, give some tips about how you can talk to somebody if they're, you know, experiencing depression or having suicidal thoughts or just, 
you know, you know, coping with any mental health or any depression. I give a lot of information on that, get some tidbits on that and how you can actually talk to somebody and be the reason why somebody is still here. So then, um, so we, like I said, we, we'll laugh at the beginning. We might cry a little bit. Then we go in uh, the show with laughing with some ho- hopefully all funny comedians because, you know, sometimes. Well, I'm on the show, so it, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 you, look, there's a funny comic. You need, <laughs> you need to kind of break it up a little bit. And then you bring me up and then somebody else goes up that's funnier than me. And it's like, uh, you can't just have funny, 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 you, right? I mean, you can. You, you can have you need, funny. You need a spot where people take a piss, take a dump, get a drink, you, you know. You can have funny, funny, funny. Because, I mean, they got speakers in the, in the, uh, in the bathroom. It's the so check spot. It, it, yeah. And, you know, they got waitresses bringing your drinks and your food. So, you know, unless you just got to go to the bathroom, you know, I guess you would be the smoke break. But that's right. This year, you better you, you I'm telling you, because the last three years I've been wanting to beat you up. I'm, just saying. <laughs> I'm not doing the jokes anymore. I'm just saying you, you just just <laughs> I got new material. This OK. Year. All right. I just finally, just I, bring it, Tony. Yes. I'm so used to you being funny and people know when I put on a show, I try not to put any unfunny person mm. on any show that I, my name is attached to. <laughs> So the last couple of years, it was like, hey, that guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He was just off. So I don't want to be like, yeah, he was off. Well, that's the thing. And actually, I wanted to talk about that next. But uh, first, uh, Redline Radio, if people, if people want to check it out and, you, you know, if you're somebody who is a, like you said, survivor of suicide, mm-hmm. whether you've attempted yourself or right, you know somebody, yeah. friend or family member, and you're not somebody who thinks that making jokes in that situation, you can still donate. You can still watch yep. the show up to that Absolutely. point and tune out if you want, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but if you are somebody that like that can cope with humor and trying to get through it, uh, you know, go to Redline Radio or check out the Funny Stop in uh, 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 Cuyahoga Falls. It's uh, November eighth, seven o'clock. The doors open, seven thirty show. Yeah. So seventeen fifty seven State Road, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, is the address. Right for near the last remaining the Arthur Treachers. It is. Yep. <laughs> and it's in the same uh, kind of plaza adjacent from the Goodwill. So yeah, shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah, we got the Goodwill, the Dollar General, the Arthur Treachers. We really. Uh, Pete really has done a great job. Yeah, and the herpes spreading rare fox <laughs> across the hall. So, <laughs> you know, you know that's the one thing when you're talking about with with stand up, and you talk uh, about like trauma in people's lives and mm-hmm. why they do this. And, yeah, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and I know in the last few years you've lost your parents. Yes, and that is a driver for a lot of people. Unf- you know, it's unfortunate how people get to a level of how does this person get so funny. And, right. you go, and then you realize, or like, I, I think about this with uh, someone like Jack Nicholson, for example. You okay. say, how is this guy a great actor? And how is he so psychotic? Right. Well, you know, the story about him is that he thought, it, you know, he had a sister and a mother. But in reality, the sister was his mother and his mother was his grandmother. Oh, So he was shit. raised a really fucked up. Uh, I didn't know that. Bobby Darren was another one. The, uh, oh, wow. And it was when you were raised in such dysfunction like that. Yeah. Or you have somebody you lost to suicide that you mm-hmm. love and people get into doing this and that's something that drives them because they don't want it and especially comedy you know right. it's it's the old tears of a clown type of thing where yeah yeah and for me personally uh the reason i haven't felt like a decent comic in the last couple of years because i've been happy and it's so weird <laughs> because it's i've talked about this with comics is because when you're this because you've been happy yes okay all right because i need something to drive i need something to piss me off when i go on stage and i've had great sets in the past where something is bothering me and i just unload on people and it's great but then if everything's sunshine and roses and i go Uh up there i'm like 
fuck, I got nothing to drive me yeah. right now. All right, you like, I'm married, got a beautiful wife, we cool. She fucking me right. I mean, what do I have to complain about? Exactly. <laughs> so then, like, you know, I remember it was uh, actually, you know what? I was thinking about it. It was five years ago doing this event. And okay. I was at, you know, we don't need to talk about her too much. Yeah. But you know, my ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That uh, and, and she was... Uh, She's a little nutty, and I have great stories. The problem is those stories are five years old, and I'm, like, detached mm. from a lot of that because yeah. it's, hey, let me tell you about a girlfriend I had several years ago. Mm. But I thought I was a better comic in that way, and not necessarily with because I've come up with material and I've come right. up with different angles. But as far as the 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 flame inside, like the okay. pilot light, yeah. was even more so because I was going through, I'm in a terrible relationship. I'm yeah. really depressed. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there I don't know about my job situation. I got to pay bills and all this. I'm like, what's going to drive me to go on stage and make good material? And when you realize that a lot of these comics will almost purposefully self-sabotage themselves. Just so they can bring more funny? Exactly. That's why for a long time they didn't go to therapy. (laughs) Okay. Because they're like, well, if a therapist figures me out, then I'm going to lose my funny bone. Okay. So a lot of comics are like... I have this great girl, but I had to dump her because, uh, I don't know, she left a spoon in the sink. And I was like, oh, so you're, you're just looking for material now. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, yes, I've, you know, I, I had both of my parents growing up, which is odd for a black man um, in America. Um, so, like, I used to, you know, my, my biggest bit, of course, you know, I don't, I haven't done it in a while, but, you know, being the typical but untypical black guy like I got both my parents mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and I can swim I mean that's just <laughs> that's just two untypical traits for a black man in America um had a good childhood it was rough I mean I got bullied and things like that but it was always just you know trying to you know fit in have some fun and um just being you know athletic but fat and you know so most of my material was you know self uh self-deprecating um, talking about the nicknames I had and going through growing up, but um, I definitely have that sixth sense of humor and that you know that trauma in different places that my parents didn't cause, where it drives me and it's you know I see the funny in different things. Um, I don't. You, you, it's funny that you said, you know, you say being happy made you unfunny at a point where. Um, I can kind of agree because I've never probably been all the way. I mean, I've been happy, yes, but yeah. you got to look like was was I really happy or was I just going through the motions mm-hmm. and there were some happy times? Or you like you're, you're yeah. dating a new girl and everything's great. You're getting yeah. laid, you're getting blown. I mean, I was still great. funny. I was funny then too. So <laughs> well, I mean. you you have to because you got to court the girl. <laughs> you you got to make you got to keep her around a little right. bit. Yeah, that's true. See, this is my thing: is every every girl and I, I see it with Leah too. Uh, it's one of those like, do you you know you're not on stage right now? You ever have that? You no. Know, you know you're not. You don't need to. It's like, why has everything got to be a bit to you? That was that was old relationships. It was always okay. like, you you dated me because you liked I was funny and I was uh-huh. charming and everything. Right. But five months, a year into the relationship, and now you don't like that anymore? Oh, you were doing bits. No, it's during I, the... I would just do, I would riff on something I see on okay. TV, and it's like, what are you working material out right now? Oh, like, yeah, oh, see, well, yeah, I've never had like, that. Material, huh? That's, yeah, right. I, I didn't even actually. know that was good material, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never had that, that instance happen, but um, I don't know, because like, sometimes with me, I'm serious, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, in life. 
Yeah. You know, like I'm always trying to be in a good mood, trying to be that light for somebody, trying to make people smile. But I've never really went out of my way to, you know, make somebody laugh. It just kind of comes natural. So yeah. when people find out I'm a comic, they'd be like, oh, well, tell me a joke. And I always say, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you mean tell you a joke? I'm not the court jester, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, Give me a couple of drinks and yeah. I'll, I'll tell a knock-knock joke. I'm not I'm not even doing that. You give me a couple of drinks, then we'll just go, you know, try to fuck with some bitches. But I'm not about to sit there and do stand up where it's like, oh, like my one friend, he invited me to a Halloween party. And he was like, yeah, I, I told people you were going to do like 20 minutes. I was like, what? How much you paying, motherfucker? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, you'll do it. I'm like, I know you bullshitting. Right. He's like, no, I'm fucking with you. I didn't do I didn't do that. I was like, yeah, because, you know, I'll charge shit. I'm not just going to come into your fucking party and start doing stand up. Yeah. Like who the fuck does that? What's uh what's your worst gig? What was the worst, worst gig? gig? Yeah. Oh man. Worst gig. Um I, I can't I can't really say it was a worst gig. I I've had some fucked up gigs, some fucked up places, fucked up hotels. Uh I did a show where it was only like five people in the audience, but that ended mm-hmm. up being a great show because the five people wasn't people we knew. Yeah, it's intimate. It wasn't com- comics. It was they came to laugh. It was, but it was only five people. So I don't know if there was like a work. Okay, the worst time for me, the worst show I've done was a roast. It was the roast of Pete, the owner oh, of the I was, Funny Stuff. I was there. Yeah. So I I was working, and I think it was like late in the year. So the, the company I work for it was right around this time, about five years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like you know peak time, where it's like the busiest time, working six days a week. So I had no time. I really didn't know who was on the roast, so I didn't have any time to write jokes for every single person that was on the roast. All I did was have stuff for Pete, so I wasn't prepared at all. And you weren't I, prepared to roast the dais and then say, and then let's bring the man of the hour here. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I literally wasn't ready to roast at all. I was in like a, a funky you, headspace that day. I think day. you came I, in your work uniform. I came in my work uniform, <laughs> got there late, you know, so everybody talking shit. Oh, of course, the black guy's late, blah, 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 ha, ha, ha. Like, and I was like, dude, that shit's so fucking old and overrated. And I didn't have, like, I just wasn't in the headspace to be able to have any roast jokes for anybody else so i would say that was my worst show but i did hear the best roast joke about myself which was hilarious by chris clem okay he said uh sb will never die because when he sees the light he's just gonna keep going and going and going (laughs) that that was perfect especially (laughs) at that time that was perfect because i would run the light and be like fuck you i'm Everybody's laughing, so I'm gonna yeah. keep going. So it wasn't the best roast, I'll say that because it, it, it there was tension. On, no. there, there weren't jokes; there were actual like grenades that be, were being thrown. Oh my gosh! If, yes, it was. If Bill Baranke was one of the best roasters, that's probably. And I, yeah. I love Bill. And I like, love Bill. God's Bill's sake. a good guy, but yeah, he probably was. Him and Chris Clem was two of the best roasters mm-hmm. that night because. Some of the other guys, I mean, I don't know if we should name drop, but... Um, One of them's a frequent guest on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't piss me off, though. The other guy that he was beefing with pissed me yeah. off. Um, so they were literally just button heads the whole entire show. And the other guy has said something about my son. And I've done plenty of roasts. Being, you know, a professional comedian of 12 years, we used to do a roast all the time where we'd be prepared and it was a written rule like, hey, 
kids is off limits. You can talk about anybody else. You can talk about me. You can talk about my parents. Um, but kids is off limits. And he said something about my son. I, I called him in the back. I was like, dude, if you ever in your life bring my son's name up and you try to talk shit, I will beat your fucking ass. Yeah. He was like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. You know, as, you know, me and you cool. I've been knowing you for, you know, since you started. Yeah, but. But I was like, dude, you should know better then. That, You've yeah, been knowing me that worse. long. So you should know better to fix your mouth to say anything about my son. So, and yeah. I told him, and he was kind of, I think he was kind of worried, but uh, he was probably more worried about me than the other guy that he was beefing yeah. with. <laughs> my worst gig, I remember it was the grand opening of a comedy club in Alliance, Ohio, the great bustling metropolis of Alliance, Ohio. And a grand opening of a comedy club yes. in Alliance? Yes. Do they still have that club? No. Okay. It lasted so. two weekends. Oh, wow. And not only two full weekends, it was two, like, a Saturday and a Saturday, and that was it. That was it. So here's here's what happened. Okay. And I'm not that long into it, because I'm, I'm going to be eight years coming up doing stand-up. Okay. So I am, this is boy, maybe two or three at this point. So I'm not I'm not that seasoned. I can host. I was at this point I was just starting to do a couple of features like okay. on off nights. Yeah. But I you know, I, I've got my material. Plus I'm on the radio. Mm-hmm. I gotta be clean on the radio. Yeah. Um, so when yeah, everyone's yep. like, Why why do you gotta be dirty? I'm like, Because I can. I right. can't I can't for four hours a day. Yeah. So why not I you know, I let loose and right. let loose. And not every and other word funny. for Have me is fun. fuck on yeah. stage. It's yeah. sometimes content and whatever. Yeah. But I like delving into those more taboo subjects. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years into doing stand up, I get the get the call say, Hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, Yeah, it's fine. Did they have you featuring or headlining? I was hosting. Oh, you hosting? But I was hosting okay. slash featuring because it was just two acts. It was me and the headliner. Oh, okay. So I got to host and do 20 minutes up top. Okay. This is easy. For a comedic hypnotist. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> I, I was booked at that, and then it, I never heard anything back. It was the Voltage back. Comedy Club. I, it, well, I was booked at that, and then never heard anything back yet. So when I get there, I get there an hour before the show. It's grand opening. I want to see what it's like. I, I don't know a lot. I know Mount Union's an alliance, and there used to be a Ponderosa down the street. You and your Ponderosas, <laughs> man. I love, I love it. <laughs> Look, I, I needed all the material I could get that night. You and your damn Ponderosas, man. I seen about two, was it two weeks ago? Uh, I don't know. It was it was a little bit. There was one in Columbus. maybe about a month ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I seen you and you and Leah at fucking Ponderosa. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder why I can't drop any pounds. <laughs> eating shit, pizza, food, all that. Uh, so we go down there. It, we're in Alliance at this comedy club, which uh-huh. is not which is in a mall. It's okay. not like it's the Funny Bone in Columbus where, where it is in the, the mall, mall, but yeah. it's. Like a nice it's its mall. own club. Yeah. This is a di- this is Randall Park Mall, basically. Oh shit. This is like going to Rolling Acres. Yeah. Very local references. And you walk in, there was an old I think it was like a gap or maybe a something. Okay. In the place. Mm-hmm. And a few tables. There was a decent amount of people there. I get two rules to start. No cursing, slash no bad mater- no bad material. And also the other thing is uh, they do not have their liquor license and they can't serve booze. So they just oh, have coffee and shit. tea. Oh, shit. Coffee and tea coffee, at a tea, comedy club. And no cursing. At a comedy mm-hmm. club. Yep. So I'm looking through every bit of my notes. And I have a Google Drive saved of like a bunch of material. And I'm like, yeah. can't do that one. 
Nope, certainly can't do that one. Wow. Nope. Uh, maybe if I rework, nope, that's not going to, because it ruins the punchline. And yeah. I start going, gosh. So I went up there and I tried first couple of jokes and just, I'm, I'm eating my balls up there. Mm. And worse than normal. <laughs> and it was <laughs> so, unco- like I would get, <clears throat> I get one good laugh. But uh-huh. again, I'm, I'm not seasoned enough where I can really start doing crowd work and everything to the point where, I finally just decided in the last, like, seven minutes, I'm just going dirty then. I'm just going back to my normal material. And then I started getting laughs. Right. And no one questioned it after. And I'm like, motherfucker, you could have at least reamed me. I could have this whole fucking time. You could have reamed me afterward and said, hey, I said no cursing. Yeah. But I didn't get any of that. But they so, didn't say, you cussed. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, no Nothing. one said any of that. Oh, and in fact, the, the, the comedic pissed. hypnotist yeah. does a lot of dirty stuff that's yeah. up there. And the crowd loved it. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, so I can't curse because the doors are wide open in the mall area where there's two people walking around. Why and was going the, to the doors airbrush. open to the mall area, though? Yep. Why I were the know. doors open? It was the worst gig. Oh, and, and, gosh. and I had I had a couple of friends that came out to that show. <laughs> and I'm and I'm like I, I come off stage and I'm just like I'm I'm telling you I am better than this, but I right. I I'm not I didn't want to tell them I'm not far enough into doing this that long. Mm-hmm. I, if I did that same gig now, I'd probably do much better. Okay. I'm not guaranteeing I would kill. Okay. Um but that was just one of those where it's not. It's one of those things when you're blindsided when you go into a show like that and somebody tells you because yeah. at least doing amateur night with at the funny stop mm-hmm. that Pete says no cursing yeah. but you know that going no f bombs up there which I don't think is, be dirty I think is great yeah I think it's excellent because you don't rely on saying fuck every other word oh yeah and I mean that's just not funny yeah. saying fuck every other word exactly you have you have to have a reason or you're punctuating a point right but if you're going up there and it's usually because i see people are drunk and they mm-hmm. just say it you need to have a reason for being right. dirty like that yeah but i'm not but i'm also not the comedy police i'm not somebody to tell them what to say or what to do right uh leads me into my next thing i wanted to ask you what do you think about the Chappelle stuff since you do a, a Chappelle <laughs> sort of bit in your act um so have you talked about this on your podcast yet not really, not really? okay it, th- here's here's the one thing i did talk about is uh, when you talk about the topic of cancel culture mm-hmm. and whether people believe it or not is mm-hmm. it is it a cancel culture or is it accountability culture here's what i don't like is that we we are so focused on multi-millionaires mm-hmm. getting canceled. John Gruden says these things in an email 10 years ago, whatever, and whether people... He said some fucked up shit. It was. Yeah. But here's the thing. John Gruden can go back to his Las Vegas mansion yeah. for the rest of his life, not have to worry about money. Not have to worry about it. But what about the person who posted something that, a little off color, whatever, mm-hmm. on Facebook, and then they get fired, it's written up in the paper, mm-hmm. it's on your resume, and right. it's something that maybe they weren't even saying anything that bad. Mm-hmm. Like they were just thinking like, oh, I'll just this is an interesting opinion, or they shared something, or whatever it is, and then they get canceled from whatever it is, and they lose everything. Right. They lose their house, their their wife divorces them, yeah. they, their kids, they can't see their kids anymore yeah. because something they posted on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. That's who I care more about. So if Dave Chappelle, if they say, He's canceled. He's off Netflix. Dave will live the rest of his life, and he doesn't have to go on stage at all, or mm-hmm. he can do his own shows. He's, he lives down in the Dayton area. Yeah. He was doing those last year. Yeah. Hey, I've got a-, a and, and he's building his own comedy club. Yeah. So yeah. 
when you talk about cancel culture, I think it's a misguided view of it, it because is. I think when we want to talk about it, how about you and I? What if what if you and I go on stage and we say something and somebody complains okay. and then they complain to our they find out where we work, they uh-huh. go on our LinkedIn and then they say, "Hey, your employee said this on stage that really offended me and mm-hmm. offended this group and that group and that group, yeah. and we will boycott this and this and that." Uh-huh. And your employer says, uh, hey, Sean, I can't keep you on anymore because right. we're getting too much pressure. Then what do you do? So with, uh, um, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, I'm passionate about uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, we talked about this on my podcast uh, a few episodes ago um, when it first came out. So my take on it is because, you know, I have a joke where – I talk about politically correctness yeah. and how much I hate PC. Mm-hmm. And that joke goes over so well in the clubs. At you know the one-nighters that I do on the road, out of state, it goes well. I'm going to keep continuing to do that joke. And I hope somebody tries to cancel me, you yep. know, because, I mean, that's just going to get me more pub to where all you did was help help my career out. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. So in the in the aspect of the closer, uh Dave Chappelle special. Um Which I gotta say, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Not his best. N- okay. I, I, I like there were some good laughs, but uh-huh. I, I thought see, I'm of the and I'll let you go in a second. Yeah, but, no, you good. Um doing a special every year doesn't seem as special anymore. Like George True. Carlin could do it, Louis used to do it. Uh, some uh-huh. some people can, and Dave was doing it for a little bit. But it just when you're doing a special every year, sometimes you got to do it every couple of years, and then you save right. your material, and then it's the best yeah. stuff that you worked yeah. out on the road. Yeah, um, in his in his light, but you got to remember it was the closer. He set it up as to hey, this is it. For these now. four specials that I did, this is the fifth one. This is the closer. Mm. You know, I'm gonna tie up some of the things I've said over these past four specials. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so him it, saying that and then also saying, hey, I might get in trouble for what I say. I might be canceled or whatever with the air quotes. But I mean this is stuff I need to get off my chest. It was like doing a concept album type of exactly. Situation. Yeah. Um, I, of course, I don't think it was funnier than all the other ones, but I'll tell you this. It was still classic Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. It was funny. It was intellectual. Uh, what I didn't understand is he hit on every body, not just the transgender community. That's just what he ta- picked up. Right. He talked about white people. He talked about uh, veterans. He talked about Asian people. He talked about aliens. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, he talked about black people. He talked about everybody in this special. But the transgender community, uh, and don't don't get it twisted. I you know I have a lot of love for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. You know because I have friends that are in that community, so I have a lot of love for them. But for the transgender. De- community to get mad at him i didn't see anything and i'm not transgender i didn't see anything that was offensive to where it was like oh my gosh i can't believe he said that there was nothing that he said that can warrant oh my god i I can't believe he said that nothing at all it was tamer than they're making it out they're making it seem like he was doing remember what uh, tracy morgan yeah 10 years ago where he said if my son was a faggot i'd kill it yes now 
that's what you heard in the press is just that quote. So yeah, it sounds terrible. It, so- it sounds like whoa, this is mm-hmm. like hate speech. Whatever, all this, all the buzzwords. Exactly. But when you look at it in the context of a special, your feelings could feel the same, mm-hmm. or you could go, oh, I see. There's a greater point to what he was saying. So right. the the trans stuff that Dave was saying, not just this special, but the one two specials yeah. ago. I didn't, in the context of it, wasn't that bad. I didn't in my find opinion. I didn't find anything that bad or that offensive to where they're up in arms wanting to cancel um, the greatest comedian yeah. alive right of his, now of his generation. Right yes. now, you know what I'm saying? This, this kid, he started. I can't call him a kid because he's old now, but he started when he was like 16 years old mm-hmm. in the comedy clubs, killing at 16 years old. By the time he's 20, he's in. Uh, a couple of movies at he that was point. already killing the stage where he literally was the shit and just kept evolving and kept evolving and for you to cancel him or try to cancel because no one's going to cancel fucking dave chappelle no um and a key point that a lot of people said um i think kevin hart made it a point or somebody else made it a point i can't remember who um you know it's a comedy special right you know it's mm-hmm. comedy Right. You see. Matter of fact, Dave said this. You see his face on the screen and you still push play. Yeah. Well, Turn it off. It's people go- getting Don't out of their way to be it. offended. Right. That, that going was a, out of your way to be offended, to that, be butthurt. That was I always said this about growing up that when I was going to school and what was I, in, I probably was in like kindergarten mm-hmm. and all the way up until probably eighth grade. My parents listened to Howard Stern mm-hmm. and. They loved it, and so by but when they start talking about lesbians and dildos, or there was you know racial racial jokes or sex jokes, whatever, right. change the channel and put Q one hundred four on. Yep. Until we get out of the car, and then you put it back. My mom wasn't sitting there going, "I was offended by what I heard on the radio." Right. My children were in the car. Okay, mm-hmm. well then change the fucking channel. Then. Right. And but our new outrage that we outrage is a pastime for people people mm. go out of their way to be offended by to something. be offended yeah which now, is bullshit there, i think when people can get offended by something that's in the press is when they're not expecting it mm-hmm. where if i'm watching a football game and i'm watching the halftime show and janet jackson's titty falls out i, I didn't care i was Wh- a teenager it was which, whatever which was uh Timberlake's fault. Yes, he asked for that, mm-hmm. and he did that, and then he never wanted to, and never wanted to take responsibility for that. Yeah, and that was him doing that shit, mm-hmm. but never got canceled for it. No, but Janet Jackson took all the grief for it. Yeah, hasn't put out anything big since then, and it's kind of been blackballed, really. Exactly. And it was one of those cases where I can understand why some parents who are watching that would go. That offended me. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't offended. My family wasn't offended, especially you had a pasty on and whatever. It was nice. You didn't even get to see the nipple. No. No. I mean, Monster Ball showed more titty than that. You know, it, yeah, Monster, yeah, with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. And I, I always remember it because I, I was in high school at the time that came out. And the um, they there was a thing that our a computer guy who was our, our IT guy was saying that there were a lot of searches on the computers for Janet Jackson nipple on mm-hmm. Tuesday. And I said... Uh, Tuesday, I will look for it on Monday. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I remember where I was outside and I was playing football with my brother and my cousin. And my mm-hmm. mom said, my mom opens the door and goes, uh, hey, you missed the halftime show. Janet Jackson's boob popped out. I'm like, 
Oh, that's nice. Uh, all right. Well, it was second down. All right. It's like whatever. Right. I, 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 I'm not going to watch nudity in front of my parents, but yeah, I could see why people would be offended. But getting back to some something like Chappelle mm-hmm. or Tom Segura was in a situation or people upset with Joe Rogan on his podcast, you didn't have to listen to the podcast. You don't, you don't have, have to. to watch the nope. TV show. You don't, you don't have, have to. to watch that movie that, that was on there. Yep. But you did because you wanted an opportunity to give yourself a – uh, a, a way to have power over people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I noticed, that, and I, that I've talked about this before, that when the people were wearing masks in stores because they were mandated, mm-hmm. and when you would see somebody at a Circle K walking in without a mask, and you had somebody, some, some random person say, hey, put your mask on. Yeah, That's somebody going, wow, I have the power over somebody. Yeah, you, yeah. You now have a hierarchy because they are a lesser person. Mm-hmm. So now you are emboldened to try to call out different people. Right. And that's what is going on now is the trans community, I'm not saying that they can't be offended by something that right. they see in the press, but did you watch the special? Did you see what was going When you realize how tame, and he was actually fairly apologetic oh about he it. He was, and then for the simple fact, he kind of praise them and the community for how they stand up for each other, right? But the thing that pissed me off was you want to be included, right, in everything Mm -hmm. as the the community, right? But then you want to be excluded when it comes to comedy. Like, that, that's just a double fucking standard. You can't have it both ways. And then when they talk about punching down. And you go. What was he punching down? Exactly. I, I, I didn't even. I, I didn't even understand that whole punching down. Like somebody has to give me a definition of what the fuck punching down is because I really didn't understand well, why they kept I, saying that. What shit. they think is that punching down is that you have somebody who is mentally retarded mm-hmm. who's in a wheelchair, and then mm-hmm. you start making fun of fun of them, and you say, "Well, you are an able-bodied person," and making fun of somebody who is who cannot take care of themselves and you say that's a form of punching down but then when you realize how much power the lgbt community has mm-hmm. and you know i mean for god's sake to the point where netflix is having to put out apologies means you have some power it means you have gravitas in this society it's not right. like you're this uh this group that you, you know you're overlooked all the time they can get people canceled and fired from anything and you realize that you go wow what is going on right now mm-hmm. that you, you can't react and say, oh, you're punching down. Well, then what is considered punching up? Right. What is punching up? So punching up at Dave because he's a comic and you feel that on the oppression hierarchy that Dave and by proxy black people in general mm-hmm. haven't suffered as much as the trans community. When you start putting that together, you start losing comedy. This yeah. is supposed to be a comedy special. So, and what, what? Let's go back to what you just said. They, you, you saying that the trans community, and you know, saying they haven't, you know, they're being oppressed more than black people, mm-hmm. or have been. When are you gonna fucking call bullshit and actually look in the mirror? Like we can't even get the George Floyd uh, policing bill passed. Yeah, you know, but there's and, a bunch of you know. Um, um, as far as hate crimes against, you know, gays, lesbians, trans, mm-hmm. there's a bill against Asian hate, but there's no bill for black people at all. Mm-hmm. But then you try to say you're more oppressed or have suffered way more than black people. Like, come the fuck on. Well, and especially like, because when they start your history? making Jackie Robinson and Rosa Parks comparisons and you say, well, here's here's the difference is that 
Sean Boyd and Dave Chappelle cannot change the color of their skin. Not at all. They can't. They can't pretend to be a white person. No. Nope. If you if if you're talking about white privilege, unless I'm on the phone. Exactly. That's yeah. it. You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or, or your Eddie Murphy or <laughs> that SNL sketch. Right. That's oh, I'm it. buying this newspaper. Right. But, but you're talking about, you, you, you know, when you start getting into talking about suffering and everything, and you're taking, you're, you've now taken the comedy. You've stripped away all the comedy in this. Mm-hmm. If this is a TED Talk, if this is a debate, is, mm-hmm. if this is a town hall meeting and we're talking about who's been oppressed more, the black community, the gay community, the Asians, the this and that... Okay, then let's hear it. But we're now talking about a comedy special. And when you start doing that, you've stripped the comedy away. Right. And it's also to the point where when you make a joke and you put it in print, it looks way worse than what the intent probably was. Mm -hmm. Where if you said something, I mean, there's a lot of really funny, like classic bits out there that out of context might not look very good. Right. that, what about that Richard Pryor sketch on uh, with Chevy Chase on SNL, mm. where he's applying to be a janitor, uh-huh. and they said, you know, we're going to give you a word association, and then it's a lot of like racial slurs that are going back and forth. Well, in the context of a comedy bit and what it was, it's, a, it's really funny, right? But if you put it on paper and you read it in a court of law, you go, a white man said the N word here. You go like. Okay, so now it's not funny anymore. Right. So you've just completely turned the whole thing upside down, and now it's not even about a comedy special. Now you're making it seem like Dave is like David Duke right now, right. and he's behind a podium with the Klan hood. Right. Are you, I mean, I hate using those comparisons, but that's no, what you, they're a- making it out to be. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because you know the history of Dave Chappelle and pushing the lines and pushing mm-hmm. that boundary and going to that edge where he was a black, blind, white supremacist, KKK leader. And in 2003, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. The funniest shit ever. That was the best Halloween costume I ever wore Oh, that's to a, date. I got to see that. You got to show me that. Date. That's hilarious. Oh, it came up, it, it came up <laughs> in my, in my, uh, Facebook you memories. know, my yeah. Facebook memories. That was the costume that I don't think anybody else did. I, you know, uh, that I know of. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact no one else did. I don't know anybody else. I think uh, John Bruton did it over the weekend. This weekend? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I got to go ahead. He, Ma- he had a MAGA hat on instead, though. But, uh, oh, yeah, okay. He, he did that. But no, it's. No, uh, I had a full clan outfit. <laughs> Clayton on. Bigsby. I was Clayton fucking Bigsby. <laughs> I had my one dude walking around as Jasper, you know. <laughs> So, I mean, I was walking around, white power, you know, and <laughs> Jasper, where are we at? Like, all that shit. <laughs> and for him, for you to know the history of Dave Chappelle and when he did one of his famous bits on how they came up with the word nigger, you know, uh, when he did that on Def Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm. Hilarious bit. Flat out fucking gold mine, hilarious. So why did we lose context then? Because I, I you know, every so often, my buddy and buddy of mine and I, we just send each other Chappelle show memes. Mm-hmm. But then it got to the point where no, you as a white person can't share memes of black 
people because you're putting them down and punching. I'm like, what? I, I saw that. It was a serious thing a couple of years ago. Get the fuck where out of here. I, it was like, I think we were doing a trading places meme. And okay. I saw that going back and forth. And of course, it was like some you know typical white feminist broad was like, uh, uh, you shouldn't be appropriating black culture for sharing memes of uh, like, and then she was like, I get offended now because as much as I thought Chappelle's show was really funny at one time, you're like, no, it's still funny. That's why it's on TV still. It's still It's been off funny. the air almost 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's still on Comedy Central every night. And you can watch it. It's still funny. And it was the most culturally significant show since probably the Jeffersons. Mm -hmm. All in the family, good times. Mm -hmm. One where you kind of, Dave made fun of everybody on that show. Everybody. And that's why I didn't understand how are they so <laughs> mad because they were included with everybody else. Yeah about making fun of he talked about women the women rights people are not up in arms only the transgender people which i really didn't understand because you want to be included on everything but excluded from comedy and yep. then when his friend uh daphne i think it was i'm not sure i, I can't remember her name I, I i believe it was daphne she was a trans um and took up for dave saying you know i don't, I don't find it offensive dave is dave he's a comedian He's making stuff funny. He's bringing light to any situation. And they literally jumped down her throat, sent her hate mail, hate tweets and everything. And then a week later, she committed suicide. Yeah. So where was the community to uplift their own people in the situation? It went against the narrative. The exactly. Narrative, the narrative was to see, you know, what was interesting. I thought why women's groups didn't go after Dave in the past it's because they were afraid of being called racist. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was going on in the press is that they were afraid that if if a bunch of white women are protesting a black man who's telling jokes, they go, mm -hmm. oh, I can't do that. But for whatever reason, that's changed now. And you say no one is off, you know, no one's off limits now. Right. So we'll go after anybody. Uh, and I'm just like, that's not, you know, that's, that, I don't know what we're going with. Because again, Chappelle's show, I will still laugh at to this day in 2021. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. At, 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 you know, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, the N-word family mm -hmm. and all, all of those. Yes. Uh, it, it's, but there's a, re that, the reason that's funny is because it's playing on stereotypes. Hilarious. It's not, the he, Nagger family. Yeah. That shit was hilarious. Because they made fun of the corny white people. Yes. The Hispanic, yes. the wetbacks that walked yes. in at the end. Yes. Again, it's in the bit. Yep. Um, you know, uh, it, it's playing off of the fact that when, White people were coming up to Dave and saying, thinking that, oh, Dave is just, oh, he's saying the N-word. I can say the N-word. And so he said, well, what if, what if we just have a white family that was called that? Mm -hmm. That's where the impetus of that joke was. Yep. And, again, it's another one of those out of context you can't play anymore. Right. And I don't know why that happened. It wasn't that long ago that we could actually have those kind of conversations through humor mm -hmm. where we could all laugh at ourselves can't right. laugh at ourselves anymore everyone's no. got to be too I, fucking serious and and, and it, it, it it's it, it's it's irritating because this cancel culture shit doesn't make any sense because like you're digging up something someone said 10 years from now Kevin I Hart mean, got booted off hosting the Oscars because and, he made a gay joke in 2010. And that was like one of his lifelong dreams to host the Oscars. So yep. he didn't get a chance to live out one of his dreams because you found a tweet that was 10, 11, 15 years old, which makes no fucking sense at all. 
People being so fucking sensitive nowadays, it doesn't make any sense. Comedy is comedy. Comedy is an art form. Yeah. What happened to freedom of speech? Funny is funny. If it's funny, it's funny. If it's not, don't laugh. Don't watch the fucking special. But don't be so fucking butthurt where you want to act like you're more, you know, uh, holier than now mm-hmm. and you can't take a joke, period. Did you it ever makes s- no sense. Did you ever see that uh, Patrice O'Neill clip? Uh, he was on Fox News. It was years years before he died. And they were asking him about different jokes. And he was on a panel with this white feminist mm-hmm. who was talking about, oh, I... You know, I'm really offended by humor and stuff. And Patrice, of course, you know, may he rest in peace, one of the greats. Oh, my was gosh, just, funny as hell. Uh, he just annihilated her. I remember. She, I think I remember that because he put her in her place and she had no comeback. She, she had nothing. Well, because he, he then she's like, oh, and I saw one of your sets and you were talking about something about ejaculating in a woman's face. He's like, yeah, it's called the angry pirate. You jack off in her eye and you stomp on her foot and she goes, "Ar." And it. he says that on... Fox News. Right. And then he, but then, but the biggest thing, and I always think about this, is when they say, you know, are there funny rape jokes? And Patrice had the perfect answer to that by saying, a good joke and a bad joke come from the same place. Yep. They all come from the same place. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how it's delivered, knowing who's in the room. Like, are you going to go up to, like we said about the suicide benefit, you're not going to make suicide jokes. Are you going to go to a rape crisis event and make rape jokes? No. No. No, you're no. not going to do that. You're going to read the room. You're going to read the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know your audience, but a good joke and a bad joke come from the same place in your soul, in your mind, and out of your mouth. And it, if that ends up happening, it's not like somebody's going on stage and being purposely hateful. If they're saying right. something that they think they they think they think it's funny and they've tried it on other crowds mm-hmm. and they think it's funny because, again— Dave didn't just say, hey, I'm going to film this special. He worked this material out. Yep. He was working it out last year. Yep. He's been working it out with different you know, private rooms or when he yeah. would make an appearance at the yep. comedy store or the cellar or something. This isn't like something that Dave just thought of that morning right. and said, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to piss off the trans community. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so bothersome. And it, it honestly, it kind of, almost going full circle, it takes me away from really appreciating doing comedy for some some crowds because yeah. people I, I think when comedy clubs reopened last year mm-hmm. crowds were excellent because yeah. the people who didn't who they were, missed it they missed it they the people who it. were who hated going to or like the people who did not like going to comedy clubs and they were dragged there by their boyfriend or mm. whatever they were probably afraid and wearing masks at home and stuff like that and they didn't you know you know, so it's or like in well, the car by themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're probably like, you know what? Then you know, the boyfriend says, "Okay, well, the girlfriend doesn't want to go. She's probably offended by you know this guy on stage anyway. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my buddies." And people had a good time. But I think we're getting back to taking everything for granted a little bit, and the yeah. audiences we're starting to see more people get offended again. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, and I think the biggest thing, and I say this all the time when I see these, you know, nutcases on TikTok and everything, right? We really don't have a lot to complain about nowadays. I think no. a lot of people are really bored. Yeah. And I think what happens, and, and, this, and I speak as, as a fellow white gentleman here, <laughs> is that I think white people want to marginalize themselves. Oh, shit. Okay. Like when you see a lot of the trans stuff, why are there more? There's more trans people this year than there were last year and the year yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bored suburban kids mm-hmm. with parents that are helicopter parents or whatever yep. they have too much money and these kids are bored and they're like yeah no uh I'm, I'm trans now or 
uh, I identify as this. And you mm-hmm. say, okay, but why? Maybe you're just gay. Maybe mm. you're. Maybe you don't know what's going on. You know, it's an awkward time being a teenager. Right. And it's just, I think there's a lot of bored people out there that go through this. My, I remember my my dad was a cop. He was a cop in the Fourth District in Cleveland and okay. in the narcotics unit. And you know, he'd be patrolling and he'd see a car of white kids off Quincy and oh, you he's know, pulling them over. Central and all those. He's other, pulling them over. Yeah, and Scoville and pulls oh, yeah. over the white kids and yeah. says, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, and, and he's like, "It's a drug like, area." Oh, we're uh, we got lost. We got off the freeway. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, you're at Fifty Fifth and Scoville. Uh, Ain't and no freeway not, close. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You're you're here for no good right now. So mm-hmm. get on the. Where are you from? I'm from Westlake. Oh, of course you are. Get. You know where Westlake is. Take ninety. Keep going west until you hit Westlake. Yep. Go back there because you're not here for. You're not. You didn't get lost. You didn't take the wrong turn. You're here to buy some highway. drugs, man. Exactly. Yeah. So. And my dad told me, he said he saw a lot of that with these kids that are just, they're from well-to-do families uh-huh. and they're bored and they feel, well, you know, and that's where you had a lot of the, you know, and we saw this because you and I were raised in the same town of Bedford. Yeah. What we call wiggers. Mm-hmm. They were the white kids who tried talking black, yeah. hat on sideways, yeah. pants hanging down. I'm like, it's got to, I'm like. That's got to be embarrassing. Just be yourself. Be man. yourself, Just but be you're, yourself. you're you think you need to fit in with black people because you're bored at home. Yeah, I, it's oh god, it just <laughs> yeah. But uh, another thing that Dave Chappelle was saying is quit trying to change the narrative. You know, because it's like oh, you you change the narrative and now wait, I'm I'm a white male, but no, now I'm trans. Now you gotta yep. call me a woman. Like, quit changing the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you can't keep changing the narrative on us, period. It's funny that you mentioned your dad being a cop in Cleveland because uh, Ben Palmer and Eric, uh, what was his last name? You remember Eric? Mm, Eric. Uh, I can't remember his last name. I, I don't even know if he's still doing comedy, but I remember I took them to East Cleveland over my cousin's house, and we, you know we were smoking mm-hmm. weed and chilling, and they left before I left, and they ended up getting pulled over by East Cleveland cops yeah. because it was two white boys mm-hmm. high out of their mind, you know, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and they like what what you doing? Oh, we we just left, you know, because I mean we did. We was at uh, the Euclid Tavern doing a comedy show, mm-hmm. and we went right under the bridge to East Cleveland and, you know, partaked in some good marijuana. And they should have just waited. I told them to wait a little bit, but they wanted to leave when they wanted to leave. So they ended up getting pulled over. And it's a funny-ass story. So, but too many people getting butt hurt now. It's like, get over yourself because you're included in everything. You can't be excluded from jokes. And Mm -hmm. then for the simple fact, Caitlyn Jenner sided with Dave Chappelle. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's just, one of the biggest names in the transgender community. All, you, you said could say nothing was wrong. Next to RuPaul, probably the biggest in the trans community. Exactly. That, said nothing was wrong with the special. honored years ago as being woman of the year. And then, of course, killed and, somebody in a car. <laughs> but And then he that's what he spoke of, too. It's like how, you know, you, you give... Caitlyn Jenner, woman of the year, and he's only been a woman for like a year. Mm-hmm. It's like, but how then, are you not? But then went against the narrative because she, now she, was a Republican and right. was against gay marriage and these kind of things. So then all of a sudden it's Caitlyn Jenner is canceled right now. It's like, well, wait a second. You just honored her. But right. now they went against your narrative now. Right. So it's, exactly. like it's either all or nothing. And when you're in this other category, it's because, I, you know, I thought about when things got shut down last year. 
some people were wondering, they're like, maybe this is going to be the end of people getting offended. Like, we realize that we have a pandemic that's happening. Yep. People are dying. Yep. And if they're not dying, they're getting really sick. Yeah. Or if they're not getting really sick, they're just getting sick. Right. We don't know what's going I'm talking about, we know a little more now and stuff, but yeah. I'm talking March and April of 2020. Yeah. yeah. And so we didn't like, know anything. We actually have a crisis that we're dealing with right now. Then you have the economic fallout of people that, you know, all, all the concert venues, comedy venues, the restaurants and bars all got shut down. Yeah. Those are service Businesses jobs. dying. And by the way, affecting disproportionately people of color. So, okay, so you can, you know, work in your home and do Zoom stuff and didn't roof over your head, meal on... You know, you just you just press a button on your phone and DoorDash shows up. Yep. You just get magical food that comes yep. to you and never missed one paycheck. Yet those are the same people that are really offended by everything that's out there. And I thought, I'm like, maybe with a real crisis, these people are going to go, hey, we should get our shit together. We shouldn't worry about bullshit right now. And instead, it got worse. It did. It, it got, got worse. really worse. Yep. And now people are really just... Because you got Karens, and then you got <sighs> people getting mad over every single fucking thing. Yep. It's... it's it's ridiculous, man. It's, it's definitely ridiculous the world we live in, but that is the world we live in, man. So, like, so, so, how do you think the cancel culture has affected comedy? Not just you know, besides the you know this thing that's going on with Dave Chappelle. I think it's altered comedians' perceptions of their material. Mm -hmm. Not so much the audience. I think if you go to a good audience, a good audience, no matter what, you'll even have people that would be like, whoa. Whoa, I shouldn't laugh at that. Mm. But you laughed. It was a natural, guttural reaction that you had. I think some comics are now, whether, uh, I don't want to say, like if you're an established comic, you know what's going to work. You mm -hmm. know, it's tried and true. If you've been doing it for 30 years, mm -hmm. you can go to any club and you can kill if you can. But if you're somebody who is raised on this internet culture and you're one of these TikTokers or YouTubers or Twitch streamers and stuff and you think you're funny and you want to try out doing stand-up, I think in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I can't go here because that's going to offend this person. Mm -hmm. And I can't go here because that's going to offend this person. Mm -hmm. And I can't go here because, you know, maybe the club owner's not going to like it and I'm not going to get booked. So it's almost to the point. And by the way, here's the other thing. I'm not seeing a lot of po political comedy anymore because it's so polarizing. Right. So now it's really a lot of just dick jokes now. It's it's basically dick joke comedy mm -hmm. is what stand-up comedy is because it's the least, which is weird because at one time it was offensive. Mm -hmm. It's the least offensive place to go now. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I, 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 told, I think I told you this before one time. The day Trump was inaugurated, the, 2017. Okay. I'm emceeing that weekend with Dave Landau. Okay. Now, you know Dave. Yeah. Dave is, doesn't do political comedy. I don't do political comedy. Right. And the Feature Act wasn't doing political comedy. Mm -hmm. So I went on stage that night and I said, you know, however you feel about the, how this election ended up, you know, pro or con, we're not doing any political jokes on stage. I Trust me, we're not even touching it. We're just going to have a good time. We are going to talk about, and I just put the most grotesque, just disgusting sex jokes. Mm -hmm. And people laughed. And then I paused and I said, but no political stuff. And it got people kind of just like, oh, thank God. Right. Because if I go on stage and I say, you know, I hate Joe Biden or I love Joe Biden, mm -hmm. immediately it's going to split the room. It is. So why would you oh, want, yeah. why mm -hmm. would you want to split a room? Right. Because you're already putting yourself at you a gotta disadvantage. You got to know your audience. You have to know the audience. Got to know your audience. That's, that, 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 I think that's what the name of this podcast should be. Know your audience. Know your audience. Or, or read the room. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good. So, <laughs> but you can, but with sexual stuff. 
you can get pe- as, long, as long as it's funny, yeah. you can get people really into it. And I, I think that's that's where you got to go. But Absolutely. I think that's the one of the things that delving into more taboo subjects, unfortunately, it's like it's got to be it, – it's almost like young comics feel that only Dave can do them now, that a mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle or a Bill Burr or somebody of that level can touch those subjects because right. – I'm just an amateur. I'm just starting out. Mm-hmm. And if I go here, I'm not going to get booked again. And I, it's going to ruin you. In tr- it's so, like the first time you bomb on stage. The first the time you ever do is, it. is, is like you cannot do any of that and not get booked again at a room. Yeah. You know, and you got to remember amateurs are amateurs. Yes. You know, when you get to season comics, there's rooms that, you know, you get booked two times and then you don't get booked again. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. Trial you know? and error. And you could have had a killer set, sold a lot of merch that weekend, and then they just don't want you back. That's a part of the game yeah. of comedy. That's just you know? in your salesperson. And that's the Absolutely. one thing with you because you, yeah. you're a sales guy kind of yeah. by trade. Mm-hmm. And so you're selling and you're promoting yourself, mm-hmm. which is what you're doing next on Monday. Yeah. So yeah. With, the, with the fundraiser. By the way, all these topics that we're kind of talking about right now, I'm sure you've brought up on your podcast. Give, give yes. it a plug. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, The podcast is called Just Therapy. It is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Um, All all the podcasts for well, not all, because I'm not on iHeart or Apple. (laughs) It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. But um, and we also go live every Monday uh, through Redline Radio LLC on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, Again, you can like the Facebook page. It's called Just Therapy, the podcast on Facebook. Go ahead and like and subscribe, and you can actually see us live and be able to interact during the whole entire show. And it's all—it's a good time, man. It's comedy with, you know, it's life with a comedy twist, and we have, you know, topics where we need to discuss. Like we talked about the show, you know, the Chauvin verdict. We talked about before, you know, even him starting to trial. Uh, you know, uh, unarmed, you know, black people getting murdered. We talked about an unarmed white person getting murdered. We talk about everything that needs to be talked about. We talked about um, the R. Kelly situation. You know what I'm saying? It was something that we needed to talk about. And, you know, on on that show, it was just me and my one co-host, Miss KT. And, you know, being growing up on his music, she had a different opinion. But then when I broke it down, she was like, well, you know what? I can't listen to his music anymore. I mean, there's certain topics we discuss that need to be discussed. We laugh on there. Well, that's why we need to have conversations like this. But when Gotta you start canceling people yeah. or banning them from social media and yeah. saying, you I, can't I mean, I, I canceled R. Kelly, period. I well, mean, yeah. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I got well, a daughter. So, um, you know, and I, I know too many people that have been molested and, you know, and raped. So he got, I, I canceled his ass, you know. So. Whoever want to cancel him can cancel him. Whoever don't, I mean, that's up to you. It's all your opinion. That was so weird because, again, Chappelle, everything is full circle with this. Chappelle was talking about that in 03, 04. When he, Why when did it he, take until 2019 for I us to go, hey, you. that yeah. that R. Kelly guy, that's a bad guy that's right That's a bad there. guy, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we knew about this. Yeah. How did we, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's, it's crazy. But, um, again, it's called Just Therapy. It's, you know, it's a fun listen. Um, I always say it's like, you know, it's like church. You got to be dedicated because sometimes we go long. We've had Mm -hmm. three hour episodes, you know, and two hour episodes, but it's always a good time. It's fun. It's interactive, especially if you be on live. 
Uh, we go live every Monday. It's up on Spotify by Wednesday, no later than Thursday, so you can listen to it on your work day or your ride or whatever. But it's a fun time. I'm glad I, I'm glad I started that podcast. A friend of mine got me to uh, start the podcast because he was like, hey, you ever thought about doing a podcast? I was like, yeah, I thought about it. Almost did it with somebody, but then they were a little too weird. Like, you know, I was like, if I did it, I have to do the podcast with somebody I know. So me and him started the podcast. Then we added another co-host to have, you know, a female perspective to the, you know, to the pod instead of just two, you know, guys spewing our, you know, information. Yeah, balance it out a little bit. Yeah, and and it's fun, man. We got, like I said, we got some different topics on there. One of my favorite one is the flowers while you still here. So, like, we like to give flowers out to people while they still here instead of while they dead and gone. So it's a fun time, but... Um, again, Monday, uh, 1757 State Road, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. It is the 10th annual suicide prevention fundraiser. All proceeds go to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That is AFSP.org. It's going to be a good time. Come out, $10 donation. And I'll, I'll be there. So if that's if Arthur Treacher's and me performing stand-up is not enough of an incentive, everything else is as well. <laughs> or if that deters you from going, then, uh, you know, maybe I'll stay home that night. Oh, man. But, and, <laughs> no, and it's funny because you was, you was talking about knowing the room, right? I mean, it's been times where I've been in West Virginia or, you know, Southern Ohio or different shows where I'm the only black person in a 50-mile radius and yep. I'm headlining this show. And, you know, the... Four years, I mean, uh, eight years Obama was in office. I used to, you know, play on that on purpose because I don't do political humor, as you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would read the room, know my audience, and I would mess with the crowd and be like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't vote for him. And they would all applaud, like, up in arms, yeah. laughing, and like, oh, I didn't vote for him either, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, y'all know I'm lying. I'm black. I had to vote for him just because yeah, I was see- black. And they started laughing. They didn't get mad. They started laughing. As long as you do, uh, that, that's the problem with political yeah. humor. Sometimes you bludgeon people too oh, much yeah. that they don't, oh, yeah. they can't find the humor. So yeah. if you can uh-huh. find the humor in anything, and you know, we'll we'll do that on uh, Monday at the Funny Stop. So uh, hey, Sean, thanks for coming on in. Hey man, thanks for and, having me, uh, man. I appreciate you having me out, man. You yeah, know you're my boy. Yeah, this is uh, it's a good time and getting a chance to actually talk about things other than like softball or drinking beer or yeah. Or, I mean, drinking beer is always a good time. Though. Yeah, I, I wish I had some, but uh, I can't. Uh, can't bring any up in the studio here. <laughs> yeah, okay. You yeah. mean you, you just don't try hard enough? You know, I'm black. Oh, I, always, I, I have. I, I go, have I, brought it up here. I it's always like, go around the rules anytime I can. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> it's like the, but there was a, yeah, there was a there was a day I recorded here. I had a couple of, uh, but I, I have to say it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad? There I, you had, go. I, I a little too much vodka, or a little too much Tito's, and they was making screwdrivers, but it was just basically Tito's with a splash of orange juice. Yeah. And I listened back because I'm like, oh, I probably was stumbling over the. Like, oh, I don't sound that bad. Yeah. I don't sound bad. So, but I don't want that to be a crutch. No, I'm I like, got oh, you. No, I just got a drink in order for. Oh me to no, go on yeah, stage. I, I got you. I mean, it's, it's one of them things where that's you know I I stopped smoking weed what eight nine years ago now. So, you know, I like to drink. So on yeah. my on my podcast, you know, I have some crown apple and some beer and have some fun. And we just get to talking shit. That's probably sometimes why I go too much because 
I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> then you look down and you're like, oh, two and a half hours. <laughs> right. Let's wrap it up. You know. So. <laughs> well, we can wrap it up right here. But again, thanks, Sean Boyd. Uh, Appreciate it. Where, where can we find you on social media? Um, it, pretty much um, Facebook is Sean Boyd. If you're not from Ohio, put in Sean Boyd, Ohio. It is a picture of me and my daughter. I call her little mama. You will know instantly that it is me because it's me and a white baby that looks like me mm-hmm. in my picture because that's my that's my little mama um on instagram you can find me at sb comedy tiktok is sb comedy one and twitter is sean boyd sb and again you can go to just therapy the podcast on facebook for all of the uh, podcast information we post all of the spotify so you can go all the way back to the day we started and listen to the growth and listen to everything that we had to say. So, Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And, yeah, go uh, go support Sean. Go support the cause. And uh, go, go support this podcast if you so choose, if you just stumbled upon this. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will talk to you next week, next Wednesday, for another free episode of the Check Your Brain podcast.